What's up and welcome everybody to the Unstable Realm Gaming Podcast, bringing you news from everything in the Unstable Realm world, filling all of your nerdy needs. Today we're giving an update on magic news and talking about our favorite strict saving spoilers. Today we have your host, me, Steven, otherwise known as the Tyranno Ramos Rex. We have Gilbert, known as Evil Monk, and his arch nemesis, Aptone. So first off, we got a MTG booty rocking, rocking everywhere. How do we want to bring in MTG booty, 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 and MTG booty, 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 rocking everywhere? Yeah, I, so go ahead, Aptone. I think that it is the stupidest thing ever. Well, well before, just, before, yeah, before we start, we... <laughs> before you dive into it, we got to go over what, what actually is going on with MTG booty. I know. I mean, so the whole thing about it was what Thalia, Thalia, or what's her name? So Talia Bess um, yes. was posted on her Twitter, going live now, and she gave a Twitch Twitch live address or whatever. Trying out the historic challenge today. Not sure if I'll play Mono B vampires or Auras of Auras, right? And the picture the picture she posted was of herself, you know kind of looking back at the camera you know with their butt sticking out a little bit like who cares right but apparently people did care and she got a bunch of hate uh, including somebody named i don't care about their name they said stuff like i would like to ask you a question is it not controversy or sarcasm but I, oh wait i would like to ask you a question it is not controversy or sarcasm but i would really like to understand why in a post about magic you put a picture of your body and then somebody put, we just want to see magic cards. And then another person put, nothing says watch me play magic more than a picture of your backside. Stay classy. It's like, look, bro. I don't I don't know who these people are because most people just don't give it. Like, they just don't care. Like, most people don't care what people post. And the people like this, they just scream like they're extraordinarily insens- they're insecure. Like, I, I just don't get it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I I don't understand why these people would care. I mean, it's not like she's going to be sitting there streaming with a camera right on her butt, right on her booty. I mean, so she has a picture and it has her booty. That's fine. You know what? A lot of Magic players over the years have enjoyed the cosplayers that dress up like some of their Magic cards. And they mostly like the female ones. If they like their body doing that, and they don't like this, I, I don't understand where the line is drawn. Yeah, when's, when's the Gideon cosplayer going to get to uh, uh, get to show? When, when's Pirate Jace going to get big, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's, it's ridiculous. So it's, what... So one of the one of the results of this happening was kind of cool. Uh, a lot of like prominent members in the magic community came out taking pictures, kind of in the same pose, uh, including the uh, what's his, what's his name, the Tolarian Community College guy, the professor. Oh, yes, yeah, the professor. The, yeah. <laughs> so he posted, "I've just been informed that everyone on MTG Booty or hashtag MTG Booty." have been kicked out of the MTG content creator program. And so he took a picture of himself, you know, with his hand over his mouth, like showing his butt. And like, like I said, a lot of people, and even John Avon uh, yes. posted a picture of City of Ass, which is his card that, you know, it's supposed to be like a play on City of Brass, but it has a bunch of butts, you know, on the image. <laughs> so it's become, uh, it's become sort of a meme. I think it's great how people react to this. And I think it's stupid that, people would get angry 
at the pitcher to begin with. Like it's it's so ridiculous. I mean, it really is. I mean, people are just nitpicking. I mean, with so many things going on in the world, and they want to get mad at a, a booty pick. It's like, come on, that's ridiculous. It's just absolutely ridiculous. So, another uh, piece of Twitter magic news that's been going on is the MTG uh, obituaries. So, on Twitter, they've been uh, showing these little kind of profiles of some of the players. And they write it, they've been writing it sort of like an obituary. Like, telling about, like, oh, how great they were. You know, there'll be, like, a big farewell for them. Have you guys been able to see any of these? Yeah, so I got linked to this, and I just, at first I didn't really understand what it was. And then I seen some of the posts where it was like um, Kvartek, goodbye, but not for good to Kvartek, who captured our hearts with an incredible leap into the MPL and then held on to them, despite telling us that fries are bad for us. And it's like a picture, like a, a good picture of Chris Kvartek. And I'm just like, what is this? And then I look down and there's more of them. You know, it's like saying goodbye to these people like they've just passed on. And it's like, there's got to be a better way to do this. Like, there's got to be a better way to inform the public that these people yeah. got fired. <laughs> like, I don't understand. So, yeah. So, so yeah, that's the thing that they, they're now, you know, fired. They're gone off of there. And you know what? I feel like if you're going to lean into, like, it's an obituary, I feel like they got to do, like, full in. You got to do, like, their picture in the clouds or something. You got to <laughs> you gotta make it, like, fully ridiculous. Like, from one date to the other <laughs> yeah, date. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put in, like, survived by... Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought the whole thing was silly. Like when it first got linked to me, I'm like, what even is this? Like, I don't understand. And then the more I read it, I'm like, yeah, that's just weird. Yeah, it's it's definitely different. I, I think it's definitely something like the the person running their Twitter just had fun with this. I think it's when they got told they gotta make this announcement, is like, oh, how do we make this amount announcement not mean? <laughs> Oh, this is how we do it. We we just start I mean, making they, it kind of have, like this joke obituary. Do they have to make that announcement though? Like, is that something that they have to do? Well, I mean, I I would I would think that they did it. No, man, there's a lot more than I thought there was. I mean, this I'm looking is a, at it right now. Yeah, I mean, this is a thing of the, it is a lot of people, and it is going to end up probably being in magic news right and how much of the magic world pays attention to the hirings and firings is still probably a small percentage but if you suddenly say hey we just fired 10 people right yeah however much percent of that staff it is right and if it's people that are kind of prominent you know it's a you know that word will spread if they yeah. just never say anything about it they're going to get questions of it i think like i said on their side on the magic side this does seem like kind of like a silly fun way to do it on for them yeah i don't know how i don't know how the people who got the obituary notification like feel about it right i don't know if <laughs> if they're sitting there like oh they did appreciate me or if they're sitting there like angry at like being released well it kind of oh go ahead what if they don't even they didn't even know about it and then they found out via this twitter they're like what the <laughs> heck I, wizards of the coast killed me off they, they killed me <laughs> off in the finals like, i'm like, no longer canon <laughs> <laughs> like one of the, like, one of the things that happens on the internet a lot is it'll be like oh Mor Morgan Freeman dies at age sixty something and it's like wait a second and then I I immediately go to the internet and type in their name and see if they actually died because it's like Betty White Morgan Freeman freaking like all these other people that it's like they they could have you know and so I I go and look and they didn't it's just 
the internet just runs away with things sometimes. And I think that's like, if you come online and you see these pictures, like these nice pictures of these people and it's saying like goodbye, but not forever. And it's like, Oh my God, I got to look and see if my favorite magic personality is still alive. It's like Macaulay Culkin. It's like, well, I woke up today and apparently I died last night. Right. All right, moving on from Magic News, it's time for us to actually start talking about the game and changes that have been happening with some of the cards. Uh, we are a week behind on talking about some of the MTG stonks. So we're going to be playing a little catch-up today. And I think the first one we have is Deserted Temple. It went up a pretty high amount a couple weeks ago. I think it got over the 100 It was already over $150, correct? Yeah, right now it's sitting at 198.88. Uh, it went up 200%. And honestly, I'm I'm not entirely sure why. Like you know, there's description here that Tegrid God of Fright uh, EDH deck possibly made a spike, but it's a really big spike for for a card that doesn't seem that great. So let me explain what the so, card is. Yeah, go for it. You pay one. You can add one colorless mana to your mana pool. I mean, uh, you tap it to add one colorless mana to your mana pool, so it taps for one colorless. You can pay one and tap it to untap target land. Now, don't get me wrong. I can see why the card is decent, right? But for it to have gone up just recently so much, because before it was sitting at 20 bucks, which seems about right. Like, that's about what it should be at. But it's gone up to $200, and I'm just not seeing it. Like, I don't understand why. So I, I'm here to, you know, defend it a bit. Right, and especially with the T-Grid. I don't think I wouldn't uh, associate directly with T-Grid itself, right? It does have an activated ability on the Lantern side, but um, I think more importantly in that it's in mono black, in that in mono black has some of the most powerful lands to get extra mana in, including Cabal Coffers, which gives you, you pay two and tap it, and you get a mana for every swamp you control. Deserted Temple is allowing you to get that effect again, letting you go plus in mana. Okay. Like, very, very high, very quickly. It's also very strong in things that use Gaia's Cradle or any, like, Nixos Shrine to Nyx. Now, any, now we're talking, like, like, higher higher end CDH, too. It's like, those, like yes. Gaia's Cradle, not everybody's going to have a Gaia's Cradle in their deck, right? Oh, yeah. And like I said, same thing, Cabal Coffers itself is, you know, over $50, I believe, right now. I think it was one where that had gone up a while back, even past the time I got one. Um, so it is something that is very powerful, right? Being able to repeat it. We get to see something like Vesuva have a high price. A little bit different in that like it enters and makes a copy, but the fact that it can enter and make a copy of uh, lands that have an activated ability is also a big part of why Vesuva itself is expensive. But that one even has more printing than Deserted Temple. Do you think right, that this is printing. gonna? Do you think this is gonna stick around two hundred dollars? What do you think the landing price point of, card, of a card like this is gonna be? Honestly, I think uh, uh, its lack of having reprint is probably gonna leave it pretty high, at least for a while, right? Especially as the world of EDH continues to kind of move into more powerful worlds. Right. I think it's one that if you're running a fancy land or running a couple fancy lands, it's good to have in there. Yeah, it would have been good to have picked it up like two months ago but i guess that happens right yeah i mean that's that's the big miss especially now in the time where everyone's trying to jump back into the game people are picking up older cards and there's even you know the the kind of the speculating buyers out there trying to buy up a lot of the old cards that they think are going to be used a lot too right that's an old card 
that has potential. So I can imagine there are even people who went and picked up more than even just to play with, right? I actually used to be a part of this, uh, like, cause I, for a while I was tired of getting ripped off, right? Like I, I was new to magic. I was trading away all of my really good cards for like a bunch of junk. And I got to the point where it's like, I want to be on the other end of this. I want to know what's coming. You know, I want to know what's going to be expensive, you know, just next week or something. So I joined this group called uh, quiet speculation and I, I had to pay for it. And it didn't end up like, I think I'm just not smart enough for, for stonks like that. You know, I just, I don't have the mind for it, but um, it was a group where it was basically like a forum where everybody would talk about like, oh, look at, they just spoiled this card. So possibly these are the ones that are going to be going up because of this card. And it was like, they were talking about it before anybody else, you know, and that's why you had to pay to be a part of that group. So if anybody's interested in trying to get into some MTG stonks, make sure you guys check out Quiet Speculation. I have no idea if they're still a thing or not, but I just remember like maybe five or six years ago, I was wanting to, or I did pay for at least one month to do it. All right, what, what do we got next on the list? So next we got uh, Mox Tantalite. Oh. And it's $16.50 and it's gone up uh, 169%. It was sitting around five bucks before. And it is a mox in name, but I mean, it takes you three turns to actually get to use it. So it's not fantastic, right? So you pay zero, suspend it for three. And so it has no mana cost up in the corner and you add one mana of any color. The thing, the reason that uh, this one went up was actually because, possibly because of the, the new commanders that are coming out. There's a Boros commander. Uh, the Boros commander is Ast Osgear. Uh, the reconstructor costs four and it's a four four vigilance and it has some abilities one of the abilities says pay x tap it exile an artifact card with mana value x from your graveyard create two tokens that are copies of the exile card activate only as a sorcery so having no mana cost also means your mana cost is zero so what you can do with this new commander is pay zero tap it and get two copies of of a, any color mana rock, which is great, right? Taps for any color. This is one I'm personally upset I didn't jump on beforehand. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely going to be getting that commander. I currently run a Bosch deck that's kind of uh, pretty weak. It was part of our like mono color budget challenge we did in our group. I chose Bosch as a fun, just like use artifacts, you know, fling things. And with this Boros commander being able to also play with artifacts in the graveyard, I was excited to be able to use that. You know, I didn't think about the bringing it back in was going to go around its suspend. And I was like, oh, yeah, easy, easy synergy there. It's a fun pickup. Um, so, I think it's still another rock that I think for in general EDH, people want to get into the game on more budget and still have fast mana. Max Tantalite isn't bad. Yeah. Do you think this is something that's going to get rectified um, with rule changes, kind of like how Tabalt got rectified or... Valky got rectified by instead of being able to cascade into it and flip it to its commander side do you think this is going to be one of those things where they rectify the rules to make it so you can't get this out of your graveyard with the new commander or do you think it's going to stay i think it's going to stick right uh I, so i think this is going to stick because the, the idea of suspend is on cast if they did a thing to rectify it i think this would go beyond just this card right i think that would right. cause much more ripples into what happens you when you cascade into something well i guess that's already one that cascade is a bad example that it casts but yeah. 
I think there's a lot of other uh, cards that can tutor things out, bring them to the battlefield, things that recur already exist, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Sun Titan can already grab a Max Tantalite from the graveyard, <laughs> right? If you were to change the idea of every time it enters the battlefield, it must be suspended. I think that's much bigger implications going on. So now the next one that's been moving up a lot is Windswept Teeth, or basically all of the Onslaught fetches. Well, specifically the, those printings. Yeah, they've, well. they've gone up 177%. So like Windswept Heath, which is generally the cheapest fetch line that you can find, has gone up 177%. Um, it's now $110.98, which is insane for fetch line, right? Fetch lines have always been expensive. They're always set around like 60 to 80 $90 sometimes for the really good ones. But Windswept Heath being $100 is kind of a shock to me. But... I see, I see, I understand why. And I think it has a lot to do with Time Spiral. I think seeing the popularity of Time Spiral's like older borders and how much those have been like a real seller for these for this Time Spiral set. I think it's having people going back and looking at cards like Windswept Heath that only has one printing in this border like this. And they're like, hey man, these you know, these look like the new Times for All cards. Maybe people are going to be more interested in these. They're going to want to make their decks look more uh, antique, I guess you can say. Uh, one, one way to say it. But yeah, like <clears throat> all of these Onslaught ones have these older style borders with a black border. And they're all going for, you know, a little over $100. Yeah, this is one that frustrates me because I think it's that idea. But I don't think it's from people buying up the card to play with it. I think this is another speculator one, right? I think, yeah, I think this is another one where it's dry, it's been driven up by speculators trying to get the old art. Do you think that and there's been buyouts, or do you think that I don't understand? Like, is it is it because people are trying like are buying this card? I know in speculation that people are going to start wanting them, or what? I think so. I think it's that the it's speculation that people are going to want them, so I think there's more people buying it. I, this is, you know, I guess I'm un, I don't have anything to confirm that idea, but I think it goes along with the trend we've been seeing in general with people doing a lot of buyouts for a lot of the old cards, right? Even for ones that aren't necessarily played as often, right? And this is a card that is played, is available in a different print, but if you want the old look, right, that's the only time is the onslaught. Yeah, and like so, like just an example. If you go to 2018, uh, the foil version of this card is sitting at 132 dollars. If you go to say, um, I don't know, Icoria or the beginning of Call Time, this card is sitting at 220 dollars for the foil version. Right now, the card is sitting at 689 dollars for the foil version. Yeah, I don't think there's been that much of a change, right? There is some people, you know, in in getting back into playing in paper have to get their modern decks ready right they need a couple printings but i think there's a lot of people from there that are just going to get cons right or just get a couple of the other ones if you're getting it strictly just to play there's other windswept teeth well the new um zendikar expeditions have been relatively inexpensive like yeah you... they're, they're pretty close to what is the most recent printings of them right like i got an arid mesa of the expedition one of the most recent set and it was something only like ten dollars more than a regular Aaron mesa yeah and like the the regular version not the foil versions are, are reasonably priced and i think the regular <clears throat> like having a regular version 
of an expedition is kind of a big deal. And I don't think that we're gonna see how much of a big deal that is until maybe later, but people want these non-foil like, like chase land, like these chase, what do you like? I don't know, what do you call those things? Um, they're not treasures anymore. I mean, I guess expedition I, I is, gen is the I generally word, call but... them the lottery cards. Yeah, there you go. Generally the lottery what cards. I call them. Yeah. So like having a non-foil version of lottery cards, I think is a big deal. And I don't think people, I don't know if they don't realize it yet, but they're relatively inexpensive. And yeah, I'm, I'm personally trying to pick up as many of these ones as I can because they're not going to buckle on you. You know, they're not going to turn into a Pringle. Yeah. For sure. Like I said, the qual the car quality has been a big deal in the last two years, even for people in secret layers, right? People wanting the non-foil secret layers because they're actually going to uh, stay in better condition. They're actually going to be playable. Yeah. And even things where, like I said, that's why I'm pretty sure for the Wimsa Teeth, I feel like it's people collecting those old arts. So we've just finished up with all of last week's big changes. So moving on to this week's with the number one mover being Tent with Reflections. And this is one I'm actually excited about. I'll read it off. It is so Tempt Reflect uh, with Reflections. It went up 579%. It's now going for just barely under $15. It's three colorless and a blue. It's a sorcery and has tempting offer. Choose target creature you control. Put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of that creature. Each opponent may put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of that creature. For each opponent who does, put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of that creature. So this is part of the Tempt cycle that came out um, at a Commander 2013. So there's like Tempting Offer. Um, there's the Tempting Vengeance, Make Tokens. You know, all, all give a chance for your opponents to get something out of it and, and the price that you're going to get more. Right. And I think this one's pretty clear in the idea that we just, in our commander boxes and in this set, got spoiled commanders that won double tokens that are coming in. Two, there's actually another commander in that set that makes it so things being that turn can be turned into a different creature for tokens right you can make copies of a different creature <clears throat> and those, so those cards, one, i think obviously it's just the synergy of going with this token strategy is going to be amazing yeah and easy add-in i don't know like i think this is going to be better than i'm even like seeing right because like i'm looking at adrix and nev the twin casters where it's you know you pay four for a two two has ward two so whenever this creature becomes targeted spell or ability and opponent controls counter it unless the player pays two more Right, so this comes out, and if one or more non, if one or more tokens will be created under your control, twice that many of those tokens are created instead. So with a card like Temple of Reflections, you're getting way more value out of this than your opponents are. Right, so if your opponents, like if you make, you choose a target creature you control, put a token on the battlefield that's a copy of it, so you get two tokens automatically. Right, if one of your opponents does the same thing, you get two more tokens. Right. And then if another one of your opponents does the same thing, so now there's one, there's two out on the field, you now have six out on the field. Right. So this, like I said, this is one of those things where I I'm slowly starting to see the value of this new commander card. And I'm pretty excited for it as well. And that goes even like I said, that we are gonna have a token based commander deck coming out. There's even the things that just came out. Sakashima the Imposter was printed, you know, in this last year with making it so you can ignore the legendary rule. So you can even make copies of things that 
are legendary, right? And here, here's the lesson of this. If someone's casting this, the answer is probably say no to the offer. <laughs> almost always right. just say no, <laughs> right? Like, don't don't fall into it. Be like, oh, I get an awesome creature. Wait, now your opponent has four awesome creatures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just the answer is always no. It's like, don't do it. <laughs> um, the next card is actually following in a similar vein. Where we the next card is Fable of Wolf and Owl. And it's currently right under $25. It went up 485%. It's an enchantment for three colorless and then three hybrid simic. So it's the play pay either blue or green. So six mana in total. And it's whenever you play a green spell, you may put a two-two green wolf creature token into play. And whenever you play a blue spell, you may put a 1-1 blue bird creature token with flying into play. And you think this has just gone up because of that commander as well? Because, I mean, that'll get out of hand really fast. 100%, right? This this is giving you tokens on everything you're going to be playing, basically, right? right? <clears throat> it, it's such an easy get bodies out, and that deck has good ways not only just to help you get more bodies out, right? There's a way to change them into bigger creatures, right? There's ways to, you know, just pump everything. That deck wants bodies, and this is, it's going to give it to you. All right. And the last card we have for today is Kaya's Guile. At currently right under $8. It moved up 167%. So, Gobert, you just got this card, right? Yeah, so I went to my local... I went to my local shop and um, I was just going through people's binders trying to make some trades because, you know, I'm working on my Ramos deck and my Ramos deck is five colors. So I picked up like Dragonlord Tarka. No, not a Tarka. I picked up Dragonlord Ojitai. And then I picked up a, um, what's the broken planeswalker that's banned and everything? Oko? Yeah, so I picked up an Oko and then uh, I seen this card and I was reading over it because I had never really seen the card before. But let me explain. Uh, Kaya's Guile costs black, white, and one colorless, and you can choose two. Each opponent sacrifices a creature, exile all cards from each opponent's graveyard, create a 1-1 one, one white and black spirit creature token with flying, and you gain four life. And if you pay three more to entwine, you can choose all of them instead of just one. And I'm like, hey, man, this is a great card for Ramos. So I picked up the card, uh, and it was only like, a couple dollars right so i traded what i don't even remember what i traded i traded some stuff got this card and then lo and behold it shot up like it was literally within three days the card shot up to eight dollars um and i guess it's just because it's it came from modern horizons doesn't have any other printings and it's getting used up and so with the older these sets get you know the less around they'll be so you know you start looking at cards that have only been printed in those sets and they'll just start to shoot up in value. And it just has a lot of function ability. Yeah, it is usable without being super powerful, right? This is something we're seeing this this price jump out basically just because of that limited nature, right? If it was if there was at least one other printing, there's no way that it would be this high, right? Especially with Modern Horizons being so limited in the first place. So now we've been talking about these cards and a lot of these prices changing because of the new set. Strict Saven is gonna be releasing soon. And we're going to be talking about our top three favorite spoilers so far. Uh, to start us off, we're going to have Aftone. Yeah, I've got three cards. And the first card I want to talk about is Double Major. 
I mean, you can't have a set without a broken Simic card for two converted mana cost. So double major is a red and a green, or a green and a blue. Uh, copy target creature spell you control, except it isn't legendary. If the spell is legendary, and it is an instant. I think that that is just pretty ridiculous for two mana. You could have anything out there. I mean, if Uro wasn't banned, you could have two Uros out there. Just a uh, copy target creature spell. Yeah. Oh, Oro, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was I had Oko on the brain. <clears throat> you know what's funny? That I almost put this on my list of cards that I think are overrated. Fighting words, right? Yeah, there. I literally was gonna write it down, but I'm I I acknowledge that I'm probably wrong, right? But I see this card and I'm like, I don't want to pay, you know, six mana and then pay an extra two. Like, I just don't see this curving out very well. I think in Simic, when you're playing those long grindy games, maybe, but I still like, I don't want to be, I think this card is going to be sitting in your hand for a while and you're going to be like, man, I wish I had something else in my hand besides this instant that I'm doing nothing with. I think that's where this card is going to sit, but you can continue after him if you would like. I mean, so I hear what you're saying, but, and that's why the fact that it's instant makes it so much better. If, it, if this was just a sorcery, this probably wouldn't have made my list at all. But the instant part of it is just like, okay, someone's doing a removal spell on one of my major creatures. Well, and you could just copy it real quick and then still have a copy out. That's not how the card works. And I think that's why it's overrated. So you're. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah. you're copying a spell. So you have to do this with your creature on the stack. If your creature isn't on the stack, then this card does nothing. It's just going to sit in your hand. I think if it was a sorcery and you can just, well, no, even that would be, wouldn't be as great. I just don't see this card being great. I, I, I can't, I can't wrap my mind around this. Like I can see it being good in that new commander deck and I'll play it in commander for sure. But I think this is going to be a dud. I think this is going to be one of those cards that people think is fantastic and then they're going to play it and they're going to be like, oh, this, this just sits in my hand most of the time. And I think that's what it's going to end up doing. My thought of it, wouldn't be to just copy a big creature or something coming down. I think what would be important is if there is important ETB effects you want to copy. Yeah. I think that's going to be the most important part yeah. is can you, can you build that around to get like double ETB effects on certain creatures? Yeah. yeah I can see, I can see that being a, a benefit for sure. Do it like on like a torrential gear hulk or something like that snapcaster mage yeah like snapcaster yeah. would definitely be like a killer for that one yeah all i right. think yeah go ahead all right i was gonna say anyways moving on because <laughs> now that it's not nearly as broken as i thought it was <laughs> thanks gilbert sorry <laughs> killing the dreams yeah pretty much um I also, so another card I like, and I, I really like my low-costing spells. It's one of my favorite things. Um, it's Fracture, and this is just an uncommon. But it's a white and black, one of each, and destroy target artifact, enchantment, or planeswalker. I mean, for me, that hits a lot of bases and a lot of decks. And even in Commander, if someone's got a soul ring, two mana destroy it, go away. 
it, it is such a perfect card to me. I've been, I, I had had that on my list for like two weeks <laughs> since it, <laughs> since it came out. So I was like, this card is perfect. I run disenchant in, in like a deck with white and black. I would run fracture. That lets me take off a planeswalker too. And it's still instant. Awesome. Yeah. Initially I wasn't crazy about it. And then now that I'm thinking more about it, like in commander, it's good. And I think depending on how the meta is going to shape itself out, it could be good in standard as well. But I think commander for sure, this is a great commander card. So my last one is going to be deadly brew. Surprise, surprise. It's another two costing card. It's a swamp and a forest and each player sacrifices a creature or planeswalker. And if you sacrifice a permanent this way, you may return another permanent card from your graveyard to your hand. I love reoccurring things out of the graveyard. It's one of my favorite things to do. I love it in draft. And with the Kaldaheim drafts, getting that black-green elf deck where you could just bring things back from the graveyard, seeing Deadly Brew for draft status makes me really happy. Yeah, and I like that it's an uncommon. I like that I, almost everything on your list was uncommon. I think that's pretty sweet. Because most of the time I just brush those over and go straight to the rares and elixir. Well, I figured you guys would talk about the rares. So I was looking at, I, I've, whenever I go through a set, I don't really play a lot of standard. I mostly think of drafting and historic because of what I play. And I'm just looking at these draft, some of these draft cards, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to be able to draft every single rare I like, but the uncommons, they can come up multiple times, or the commons, there's a bunch of them. Like Flunk, Flunk is a great uncommon, too. What is that one? Uh, it's one in a black, it's an instant. Its target creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn, where X is seven minus the number of cards in that creature's controller's hand. This is one of those removal spells that gets better as the game goes on. As long as they continue using their hand, it just gets better as it goes on. Yeah, definitely really good in those grindy matches. I think the first one that I picked is going to be no surprise because it's going to be for Ramos. But it's uh, Beledros Witherbloom. And it's five and green and black. It is a 4-4 flying elder dragon. At the beginning of each upkeep, create a 1-1 one, one black and green pest creature token with when this creature dies, you gain one life. And this is the part that makes me really want to play this card. Its second ability is pay 10 life, untap all lands you control, act this, activate this ability only once each turn. So with Ramos, I'm constantly wanting to play more and more spells, right? And so with a card like this, I put this in Ramos, and not only does Ramos give me 10 mana that I can spend, but I can also then, if I play this card, pay 10 life, which, you know, if this is going to win me the game, because a lot of times when I'm doing, you know, the removals of counters from Ramos and I'm playing a bunch of cards, uh, I'm trying to win the game, right? And so this might be a moment that is going to win me the game and paying 10 life to untap all my lands to be able to then play more spells, I think that's fantastic. So that's why I put this uh, on my number one on my list. Definitely going to try to get all of these dragons, but they look a little pricey, so I might have to wait a little bit. All right, so my second card that I decided to go with is Crackle with Power. It says red, red, X, 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 right? And Crackle with Power deals five times X damage to each of up to X targets. 
right? So the reason that I'm excited about this card and it's it's number two on my list is because I plan on building a commander deck uh, where X spells X spell costs matter. So my whole deck is going to be uh, have to do with X spells, and uh, I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. Probably like. So what color would you have that be? A uh, blue red. Um, and my inspiration oh, okay. is that I, I played with Sahili for a long time, right? And I kind of miss all of Sahili's X spells because Sahili, Sahili had a lot of X spells in the deck because that was kind of the thing that I did with Sahili. Is I got a bunch of artifacts that were, you know, my mana rocks, and then I would uh, get Sahili. She would pump, you know, all the mana. But my idea is just infinite mana with X spells, right? That's going to be my, my goal. I'm going to figure out how to get infinite mana, and I'm going to use X spells. Yeah, so the, for the crackling power, I know that was one that what is it, Gavid had talked about that there's going to be a five times. Is that one of the ones he had mentioned? Yeah, I believe so. Like crazy things that are coming up. And I was like, I mean, this is one where is it probably going to take the place of some of like the big X spells we already see in Commander? Is it going to be better than Banefire? Is it going to be better than? Well, I don't think Chandra's it's. Resignation? I don't think it's necessarily something that's going to be better, but it's just going to be added to, you know what I mean? So like if I'm building this X spells matter deck, um, this is just going to be added to, it's going to go in the list, right? Along with like mass manipulation and Bane fire and experimental frenzy and cards like that. Um, so yeah, I think it just goes right in there. And if you have infinite mana, you just kill the board like instantly, right? Like that's just how that works. Everybody's oh, for dead. sure. Yeah. Wouldn't you pretty much kill the whole table? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you if not, you not just the board, the table, because yeah. that's to X targets. Yeah, it doesn't say creature, like, planeswalkers, table people. catches on fire, and everybody's decks up. <laughs> man, I'm pretty sure my computer might overheat at that point. Man, it's five <laughs> times the damage. Yeah, infinite so, mana, infinite so, five times infinite. All right, Thanos snap. <laughs> right. So yeah, I'm excited about that one. Um, the next one that I'm excited about is body of research and mostly just for the memes uh this is a green 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 blue 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 for a mythic sorcery create a zero zero green and blue fractal creature token put x one one counters on it where x is the number of cards in your library so just one time in my life i want to fling this at somebody just once that's all that's the only reason that's the <laughs> only reason this is on my list is because i want to fling it on at somebody you, you know and then I'll be happy. No, I can't blame you on that. I, I feel like that that's living the dream right there. Yeah, I mean, you play this in a commander deck, like a teamer commander deck, and, you know, six mana, how many cards you can have left in your library? Like 70, <laughs> you know, like 60 cards left in your library, and you're just like, all right, I cast this card. Okay, good, whatever. You have a 70-70 that's going to die next turn. I'm going to fling it at your face, and then that's... <laughs> I'll just be happy, and then I'll take the card out of the deck because it sucks, and uh, move on because I don't think the card is actually any good. It's just on my list for, for being able to fling it at somebody. Hey, that's part of that's part of commander, right? Sometimes it's just about the challenge mode. So far, none of you guys were besides fracture, even close to I think a lot of the things I put on here. All right, what do you guys do? Because my number one, I guess my the first one I'm going to talk about is a common, and it's resculpt, an instant. For one in a blue, and it's exile target artifact or creature 
its controller creates a 4-4 blue and red elemental creature token. So, I think we just got another... So, Raven form, sorcery, but only gives people a 1-1 and can't foretell. Blue, once again, gets an exile for artifact and gets another exile for creature to add in to the Pongify and Rapid Hybridization grouping. Well, there's almost nothing more to say about it, right? Just being able to exile artifact or creature, instant speed for two. They get a 4-4, and in you know, maybe in the other formats, that's going to be scarier, right, than the normal 3-3 three, three for one that you would get out of Rapid, rapid Hybridization or uh, Pongify. But, you know, Commander, I, I don't care. I'll give you a 4-4 four, four all day. Yeah, you trade a 4-4 four, four for a Darkstyle Claw, Darkstyle... Literally, it's Exile, right? Yeah, it's Exile. It's even better than Rapid. Like, any of my combo pieces, just gone. Yeah, they're gone. I mean, you can also do it to your own creature. Oh, that's you true. upgrade from a 1-1 one, one to a 4-4. Four, four. Like, you see this yeah. food token? It's not a 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, yep. dude. Yeah. But that, that is that is one of the ones I think is craziest to see for me right now. But the next one is on one of the commander ones, actually. So I'm a little cheated on the strict save and spoilers. But I think it's a, a big deal and probably one that will cause, you know, it's going to have people a lot of people wanting it, people paying for it, is Archaeomancer's map. Two colors and a white for an artifact. When Archaeomancer's map enters the battlefield, search your library for up to two basic playing cards, reveal them, put them into your hand, then shuffle. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, if that player controls more lands than you, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. So this one is a way for white decks to catch up. Listen, that's another way to ramp. We got to see the key was a keeper of the accord be a big deal right make a token for every opponent every at every end step for uh, players that have more creatures than your opponents that have more creatures than you and the same thing for lands getting to equalize that out i think it's one white's been needing some extra little power boost and this is one that is a good step in that direction my next one is also in white i think white got a lot of love in this set now I'm going to be talking about Strict Proctor, a colorless and a white for a creature, a spirit cleric. It's a 1-3, flying, and whenever a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability to trigger, counter that ability unless the controller plays two. So what we have is another stacks piece for two mana, and it being a 1-3 body is, is pretty good. Is that the same thing Hushbringer does, or is it different than Hushbringer? It is similar to Hushbringer. Hushbringer turns it off completely. Okay. Strict Proctor can still allow it if they pay two more. Okay. So, differences on that. Hushbringer does turn off your own ETB effects, which can be good. Right? I remember people trying to do the Kroxa after Hushbringer out to just have a big, you know, 6-6 six, six beater on the board. Blackbird Troll is pretty fun, too. Yeah, so there, there's some, some fun creatures to bring out. So this one gives you the options, right? Unfortunately, it doesn't give your opponent that option. But slowing them down two mana for each thing they're trying to do can definitely be worth it. All right. Um, can I do a couple honorable mentions of cards that have gone up? In oh, yes, recently? of course. I think it would be great. It would be great to see some of the honorable mentions of, uh, you know, we 
the amount of spoilers that come out, right? Basically, the whole whole set's being released, right? We can only condense down some of our favorites, right? That's not gonna say everything that is gonna be significant in the format coming through. Yeah. So this this next card is one that I actually thought you were for sure gonna have on your list because I think you've mentioned it before, and you it might have been on your list last time. I don't really remember. I apologize if it was, but it solved the equation. Was this on oh, your list last time? Uh, yes, it was. It was actually on my list on the last one. So this, uh, this card has gone up to, let me just look real quick, where was I? Uh, this card's gone up to two, so we have a $2.36 uncommon right now, which is pretty cool. It's $2 uncommon. But yeah, it's the tutor, uh, solve the equation, blue, two colorless, sorcery, search library for an instant sorcery card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shelf your library. So yeah, that's gone up in price. Hey, there you go. Follow my hot takes. And then... Uh, the other one that's gone way up in price is another one that I think you said you wanted, and it's a uh, Galzeth Prismari. So the the is it colored dragon says when it enters the battlefield, create a treasure token. Artifacts you control have tap. Add one mana of any color. Spend this mana only to cast instant or sorcery spells. So this card is sitting at fifty one dollars and forty seven cents right now. It's gone up three hundred and forty three percent since last week. So yeah, that actually was another one on my list where I was having fun thinking of it being the less mean Urza. Yeah, so that, that's pretty exciting that a couple, maybe you should go work for Quiet Speculation. <laughs> so yeah, tune in here to our Stonks conversations and our top top three conversations to get some uh, insider information from Mr. Tyrannor Ramos Rex here. You know, sometimes you just have to feel it. You know, you know, so, you know, sometimes it's more art than science, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right for our listeners out there interested in picking up more cards for hard to find boxes such as time spiral flesh and blood monarch any of the new things coming out unstable around box breaks are available for people to be able to split that cost be able to pay and get six packs out of the box so check out the unstable round box break page in order to see all the different product that's going to be available to split and while you're there check out the unstable realm mtg group and check out our other subgroups as we have anime, flesh and blood, gaming. We even have our YouTube channel, Unstable Realm, our Twitch, and Twitter, all Unstable Realm Gaming. Also check out the Unstable Realm Reads podcast, where Team Ramos talks about different books and comics coming up. And recently, they're going to be finishing up the book War of the Spark. So check that out this week as the discussion will be had on Monday. And to give a quick update on our podcast scheduling, we'll be releasing the Unstable Realm Gaming Podcast on Fridays, and all Mondays will actually be the Unstable Realm Reads. So you'll be able to hear all of our opinions on different times of the week. Thank you all for joining us today and listening to our shenanigans. Hope to catch you guys next time. Peace out. <laughs>